So for today on the podcast here on Monday morning, I'm slightly hungover. I have Ms. Katie all the way from North Carolina. North Carolina. I have a friend. I have a friend that's from High Point, North Carolina, and I think Keenan Peel did a, a bit about it. And it was like, uh, if you're from High Point, North Carolina, and blah 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 blah, <laughs> he's like, oh, that's, that's where I'm that's from. Pretty much the accent. They're like, hi, if you're from High Point, North Carolina, we like to grow our own tomatoes here, and we just we just go and eat them like they're an apple, and we just throw some salt on them bad boys, and we just go on about our day. I am so I- good at the accent. That that's that's pretty good. I like the Golden Corral then. <laughs> oh boy, uh, they I don't like. I haven't seen one of those in a million years. I feel like it's been a while. I think they like got rid of all of them around here. There was one I used to go to in Charlotte. I think it was near like uh, UNCC. And, oh sure. Yeah, it was fucking packed. No, you know what was packed and what was lit as fuck after you went out drinking was Waffle House. Oh, uh, the awful waffle. Ugh. Those will I'm, never close down like where I live because there's too many people that just swear by them. I remember like, I just noticed like every Waffle House I've been to back in the day, like they always had a cop. And I figured, well, I suppose it's a safe place. I don't know, like ain't shit gonna happen, but I, you know, I, I was wrong. Yeah, no, they always have cops outside for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> How long yeah. you been living up there in, in North Carolina? Um, I moved here when I was like eight years old, seven or eight. So I'm 28. What is that? 20, 20 years or something. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something along those lines. Where'd you move from? Um, originally Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Got it. um, but I was young when I moved, so it wasn't like this crazy, like it was good that I moved when I was that young because I was in second grade. So you just make friends when you're a kid. Now, if I had moved when I was like an adult, I would probably struggle, honestly. Um, like the town that I live in, a lot of people, um, they're clicky. They all know each other. And I worked in the restaurants all around here. I worked in restaurants for 11 years. So um, that whole like restaurant, like employees and um, even like the regulars, like that's who everyone hangs out with around here in my town. And there's like a lot of stuff to like walk to. There's bars and stuff across the street. So it probably would have been difficult trying to ease my way in just because everybody has been around each other for 10 plus years. Some of us longer than that. Some of us all went to like school or like grew up in the same neighborhood together. Small town vibes. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Nice. I, when I moved to Charlotte, uh, the, one of the first places I lived was with my uncle and it was Mint Hill. And I felt like to me that was small. And, um, and I just didn't like how everyone kind of knew me and like knew my business. Like I really didn't like it. I remember, I remember when I just moved there and my cousin figured, Oh, you know, come with me to meet some of my friends because she was a big church goer at the time. And I was like, all right, let's go. And then they're really nosy. Like, so you married, like, no, you have kids. No, you have a girlfriend. No, eventually guy, are you gay? No, I'm not fucking gay. It's like, I, you know, I got my shit. Like, I'm not going to have kids when I'm fucking 18, you know? Right. Like, so it's like, and it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but up until when I started going, uh, meeting people, because, you know, Charlotte's such a transient city. You got people from all over the country kind of moves there. And yeah. it was like, all right, not everyone was kind of like that, but that, that, uh, but yeah, that I, I understand the, 
or I, I felt the small town vibe where thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone's in everyone's business. You can't even get away with anything like around here. Like if you like if I, I remember when I used to bartend, if I was out with a guy like drinking at a bar, everyone would just start the rumor that we're like dating or hooking up. And I'm like, absolutely not. We're just getting a drink together. That's like the type of shit that goes on around here. And it's ridiculous. Like, and that's why I went, that's why I moved to South Florida for a year. I wanted to get out of here and like try and just get away and find like a, I, I, what I really want to do is um, manage like restaurants in one of like the resorts down in Florida. So I had right. a bunch of interviews to do all that. And then I went blind. So I came right home. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. so being that you touched on that, so let, let me start with that. So what's your eye condition or what is it that you, that you currently have? Okay. So diabetic retinopathy, um, my retina detached in my right eye. And then along the way I gained cataracts and glaucoma. So I had six eye surgeries. I think it was six. Yeah. And I've only been blind for two and a half years. So I went blind at 26 yeah, I'm 28. So mm-hmm. it was a process. It was a lot. Surgery after surgery. Um, is it known what caused it? Like, was it so, the diabetes? Yeah, yeah. So I was diagnosed with type one when I was eight. And um, I lost my health insurance. I want to say I was like 17, 18. I was like a senior, I think, in high school, where I had just graduated. Um, my parents split up. And I was working in restaurants, so restaurants, most restaurants still don't offer healthcare to their employees. And um, I worked for like smaller like restaurants because they made more money and I hated working corporate. So a lot of the restaurants that I worked in, they didn't offer, especially when like, because Obamacare was like the thing when I was like 19, 20, 21-ish. And um the thing that people didn't really realize about Obamacare is that if there was like a certain amount of employee, if they didn't make the cut of the certain amount of employees that they had, they didn't have to offer you healthcare. They would just pay the fine, like the owners of wherever you worked. So that's what would happen. And it's not their fault. I, I you know, they run a business. So um, I tried getting into free clinics and um, like sliding scale programs, all that. And I got denied everything because I filled out the paperwork, honestly, <laughs> uh, which was probably the worst mistake ever. And then uh, because they check, they check your W-2s, they check all that stuff. They want to see your pay stubs. Um, and because I was a server and a bartender, it looked like I made a lot of money because they would, you know, claim credit card tips. And um, in reality, it's not a lot of money when you have rent and a car and groceries and bills and like that that adds up so like they don't add that you know they don't think about that so I ended up just rationing my insulin I would buy um insulin off the streets off people I knew if I ran into people um I had a really really close friend uh she gave me her insulin for years she would go to the doctor uh this is how we finessed the system she would go to the doctor and she would basically like say that she needs extra insulin, her sugars were high, whatever. So the doctor would write her an extra like box of insulin, like prescription each month. And she would just sell the insulin that she bought from Walgreens, which was like 25 bucks. Like she would, I would just pay for the, the 
price of it. And then she would just give me the whole box of it. And I would have to make it last like a month, a month and a half, um, which is really dangerous for your body. But like, to be fair though, like a lot of, and like a, a big part of my story that I don't talk about and I need to talk about it is that I was a shithead and I've touched on it, but I didn't really go so deep into like explaining that I never, I didn't take care of myself. I gave up. I was a very heavy drinker. Um, I did not love myself. I would do anything in the world to just ignore my problems. I would check myself into the emergency room and not tell anyone that I was there to get like a one-time prescription for insulin. And then I would, you know, save up 600 bucks and then go to the pharmacy and pick it up. And I wouldn't tell anybody about it. So I would go like a day or two without taking insulin and I would be really sick. I would throw up and I just didn't tell anybody because I felt like I was a burden or it's a problem. Um, and I also felt like people, I didn't want people to be like, you're just using that as an excuse for whatever, you know, if I needed to get out of work or if I needed to get money to like, you know, like every, I just was scared that people would be like, you're just using your diabetes as an excuse. So I just didn't talk about it. Um, I lived like I didn't have diabetes. I wouldn't check my blood sugar. I mean, people like my close friends knew, but if you had just met me, you would never know that I had diabetes. I didn't act like I had it. I didn't take care of myself. I was just the worst. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Going back to the Obamacare. So I've never, I remember when that happened, um, I didn't get it. And then they fucking find my ass for not having it, which was stupid. And so in your case, it was that you're on paper that you made more money than what they, what you, you should have. Um, you have to make like to get, no, no, no. Okay. So Obamacare, um, I could get Obamacare, but there was so many things about that system that people didn't understand. Like mm -hmm. they said, you know, it's free for, um, people with uh, pre-existing conditions, that was bullshit. It was $565 a month for me if I got Obamacare. And I'm like, I might as well just keep buying insulin like off the streets, it's cheaper. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't make, like I made enough money to, like I said, to pay rent and have a car and live a normal life as like a 23 year old, but I didn't have enough to just blow 600 bucks twice a month at CVS. I didn't have that kind of extra money. So, um, yeah, Obamacare was like a, it, and it's, it's crazy because like a lot of my other friends that worked in restaurants, they paid like $93 a month to have Obamacare because they didn't have a pre-existing condition. It was just like your basic healthcare plan, but mine was like over 500 bucks. And I'm like, how is this a thing? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't, it didn't, I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about all of the the healthcare system, the government, and I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, uh, I understand. Um, I do want to mention the last thing on this, on this topic before we move on though, that, um, I've never been a fan of that program and it, they sold it really well, but it was really shitty. Um, <clears throat> like most of everyone that I, I talk to on this podcast, uh, live in, in a developed country, like, you know, us, Canada, England, whatever. And, and let me see, like there was, I'll give you an example. Um, there was a, a gentleman who has these, these headaches. I, it's the same thing that Brittany has. And they over-medicated him to the point where he kind of went blind. Mm. And 
this story, it's not that uncommon. And right. I, I've talked to like four or five people. And what's crazy is like, these are all from the like developed countries. And yes. we're supposedly where the healthcare is supposed to be like the shit or this and that. And it's just, it's just crazy where your story is just like, like, uh, I think uh, at such a, a powerful message of, of, of a user experience that obviously it's not, you don't hear that shit on CNN or whatever, because, you know, they, they have this image of how it's sold, but then you're like, no, this is how this shit really works. <laughs> yeah. And so like when I posted about it on TikTok, um, I posted that I was, I had a lapse of insurance back in January. Um, and I was like, yeah, to go to CV, I called CVS to see how much it was to pick up my insulin out of pocket. And it was $650. And I was like, I don't have that. So I'm not going to buy it. I'm not like, I can figure it out from there. You know, it was like one month, whatever. Um, and that video, it didn't blow up. I think in like two days though, it had like 20,000 views and like 600 comments. And most people were very like nice and they're like, give me your Venmo, give me this, like, let me help you, blah, blah, whatever. And I, I of course ignored all of that because getting the insulin is not the issue for me. Like I was doing it for years. Like I can find insulin. Um, also I had enough extra, but the point of it was that it's, it's still this high skyrocketed price after, you know, everyone's like, oh, well the president and the Congress signed this to lower the price. No, they didn't. No, the hell they didn't. And then on top of that, people are like blowing up my comments saying like, you could just go to Walmart and get insulin. You're just trying to work the system. And here's the thing about the Walmart free insulin that people talk about. That is not meant for type one diabetics to live off of. It might get you through the night if you ran out and like you couldn't pick it up until the next day. It might get you through the night but it's not meant for people to live off of. It's for your animals and it's mainly for type two diabetics. And um, the fact that people think that like, you can just go to Walmart and get it and you don't even need a prescription or whatever. You're an idiot. You are so fucking stupid because if that was the case, don't you think every single diabetic would do that? <laughs> like, don't you think that we would all just do that and not pay for healthcare or doctor visits or go to CVS and like, don't you think that we would all just go do that if that was the case, if we could live off that type of insulin? Like people don't think when they, when they literally speak, they're like, oh, well, it's free at Walmart. You're dumb. You are so dumb. Hmm. That's like the one thing that would, that that's what makes me probably the most uh, like upset when people try and tell me, oh, you can just go get, well, you know, you can just, you're, you're lying. You're just working the system. You just want attention. Okay. All right. Well, that makes no sense because now I'm in so much medical debt of my life from all these eye surgeries. And then on top of like not having healthcare and rationing my insulin and checking myself into the emergency room for the years that I did that, like, why would I even make any of this shit up? And like you, if you really did your research, you could find, you could find that I'm not lying about any of it. It's the truth. Yeah. So that's our system. I can't. It's crap. I know. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I hear you. I definitely yeah. hear you. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, to you, it's no, so normal now, but when, when you tell me that you went off of insulin a few days, cause I've met people who take insulin, they got to take, they got to check that shit. Like on, whatever, let's say on the hour, on the hour, very yeah. strict. And then you're like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm just 
you know, roll on through until the next, into the next one. And like, wow, that's so, that's crazy. You know, um, is it, I mean, well, let me, I have to, I don't, uh, you, you gotta understand, I don't know anything about diabetes, right? So, mm-hmm. so bear with me on the question here. How dangerous was that by rolling through like that without like, deadly? Uh, deadly. Okay. Yeah. I didn't care about myself though. Like yeah. that's the thing. I really did not care. I didn't care about my life. I didn't care. About, and it showed in my actions. I, I worked if I could seven days a week, I always had two jobs. I loved bartending. I loved the atmosphere. I loved partying and I loved drinking. I loved running around town, being crazy, just numbing myself and not having to think about anything. I didn't mm-hmm. love that. That's just what I did. I was like addicted to the atmosphere. I think I was addicted to the adrenaline of it, like partying and, and I mean, you get like, you know, like a, being a bartender, even a server, like you get a lot of attention. Yeah. People come in to see you. They're handing you cash. Like they're giving mm-hmm. you money to talk to them or make them laugh or whatever, make them drink. So it doesn't matter people. And like that will go straight to a 23 year old girl's head that went straight to my ego and I lived in my ego for years. So yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really take care of myself. I didn't care though. I didn't care if anything really happened to me, which is a scary thought, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I always tell people that going blind honestly saved my life. I should have probably died and I didn't. Um, One of my doctors, when I first went in for like my first eye surgery, he said something along the lines of like, I, um, usually if I get patients like you, it's like a spiral downwards. And I was like, Oh, good to hear. And then after like a good six months, um, after like my third eye surgery, I gave surgeries a break. Oh, it probably wasn't six months. It was probably a good, like two to three, um, before I started surgeries back up again. And all my doctors, when I went in, cause I finally gained weight back and I looked healthy and I was working out and I was, I pulled myself out of the depression thing that I was going through. And, um, one of my doctors just came in and was like, wow, you look great. And one of my other doctors was like, I can't believe you made it through any of this. They were like, oh, we didn't know. No one knew. And I was like, yikes, that's a scary thought. Yeah. I think um, a lot of like my mindset, especially when I was younger, and I think most of my generation and younger generations, uh, whatever they call them, Gen Z or whatever the fuck they're called um (laughs) everyone lives in this I'm invincible oh it'll never happen to me and like I lived in that for years especially with my diabetes I just didn't take care of myself I was like oh that won't happen to me and then it did and I think a lot of people that's why like the whole drug thing everyone's on you know drugs now and all that because they all think that it's they're not going to overdose oh it won't happen to me and then look at what's happening. When did you find out about your vision? Like, so you, you're, you're going through all this. Well, first of all, before I even get, get to that, congratulations on you being where you at now Thanks. With, with all the cool fucking shit you put out on TikTok and your workout videos. And I think I saw in one of your videos that you're entering into a maximum cover contest, right? Contest. I am nice. <laughs> Pretty bold. Pretty bold move. There you go. Going from bartender, maybe waitress, now to be the cover of Maxim. That'd be fucking awesome, though, by the way. I hope. I think it'd be cool. I don't expect anything out of it. I'm definitely not anything close to a supermodel. But 
yeah, I mean, it would be fun. It'd be something different. Whatever. What's yeah. the worst that they're going to say? No, I don't win. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still, the fact that you're just pursuing that, and I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a great fucking story uh, to tell. Even if, even if you're, let, let's say, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I want you to get it, right? But let's say you don't fucking get it, right? Let's say you don't fucking get it. The fact that you, you, your body and your mental state will definitely change after that point, right? Because you're competing in that and you're like a different person. And then that like in itself is like a story, to, you know, it, the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, like to go, if I did win, yeah. I mean, it would definitely be something, I think. Um, but even I mean, if you the main... didn't win though, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it's, if, it's still like a win-win. I, yeah, like I don't, I have just no shame. I don't care what people think or say. And I know, especially a lot of like the hometown people around here are like all my old friends from high school. And I know that they watch my posts and they're like, this stupid bitch is actually going to try out to be on a cover of a magazine. Like who does she think she is? I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah. I, I do not give a damn what people say or think about me at all. Um, yeah. kudos to that, by the way. Um, so how did you find out about your vision? Because that is your platform on TikTok, where, uh, it's, that's a big majority of your content. Yeah. So how did you find out then about your vision? Okay. So what I did it, what I haven't really told a lot of people is I knew my vision was getting bad, um, throughout the years, because especially like in the dark, Cause I worked in bars and I'm like, damn, like I need an extra light. I need these lights to come on. Like it, cause it's dark in a lot of bars and nightclubs and all that. And then, um, I was driving one of my friend's cars one night and I was like, Oh my God, I cannot see like the lines. It was, and the lights were all foggy that come at you. And like, it was rough when I was trying I was like I cannot drive your car like I can't drive in the night it's ridiculous mm -hmm. and then it was like a couple months after that is um I just went to bed one night and I woke up and my retina was completely detached in my right eye like I couldn't see like I could feel this is so gross but I could feel that my eye was like not connected to like it felt like my pupil but it was really my retina and it was just black and then there was like yellow around the outside which is really just blood um but like what I could see was just like yellow and black. Like I could not see anything. You were driving at that very moment? No, 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 no. Um, that was like when I was driving, it was like a couple of months before that. Where oh, okay. I lived in Florida, I walked pretty much everywhere because I lived right on like um, the strip that was in yeah. Delray. So I walked for the most part. I didn't have to really drive anywhere. Okay. Um, but like I, my, I was driving a friend's car one night and I was like, holy shit, I can't see. And then it was like a couple months after that is I just, I worked a double that day and I went home, I went to sleep and then I woke up and my retina was so detached in my sleep. I didn't feel it. How do you know it was detached? I didn't. I called um, an ophthalmologist and I went straight in and then he sent me straight to um, a retina specialist and the retina specialist had to sit me down and like tell me everything um and he was like yeah your retina is detached your left eye is hanging on by a thread you're gonna go blind you need to move home and we got to do immediate surgery and i was like oh my god <laughs> what how old so, yeah. are you 26 26 did it hurt uh which part <laughs> the left eye. well okay okay i i know i know i know when you went in to the doctor, your left eye says it's detached. 
was it painful? My right, my right eye was right eye. Mm-hmm. It, no, it didn't. It didn't hurt. No, because I was sleeping when it happened. What hurt was when they were trying to. Um, they were doing like a bunch of laser on my left eye, and they're trying to like shrink the blood vessels so like I can regain a little vision. That shit hurt. Um, and like the eye surgeries, I made them put me all the way down because I woke up in one of them and I was not having it. I had the worst headache. I was screaming at, I was cussing my doctor out. <laughs> he literally was like, put her, please put her back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember that so vividly, like in my brain from that one surgery, but, and then one of my other surgeries, uh, it was one of my glaucoma surgeries and they put like the tube shunt in my eye. And I had to get admitted overnight into the hospital because they had to give me like morphine. They were giving me fentanyl. Like it was so bad. The pain was nothing was working. They would give me like a dose of fentanyl through like my, my IV and it would last. And then about 12 minutes later, I was like, it's fucking throbbing again. And then they had to like admit me because they had to keep dripping morphine to me. And then they finally gave me a couple of like pain pills because but they wouldn't let me leave with it. You know, they didn't give me a prescription or anything. And my eye doctor, so like in my state now, because they're, you know, cracking down on the pain medicine and all that. I don't know what it's like in other people's states, but you have to have a certain, you have to take a certain class now and you have to have a certain like license or certification or whatever to write pain pill prescriptions here, anything opiate wise. And so my eye doctor couldn't give it to me. So like the doctor working in the emergency room that night could only write me enough for like two or three so like when I left I had one to go home with and then one the next day and that was it bro that's fucking so, yeah. crazy it was a lot it was a lot all at once it's a good eight months of shit let me unravel some of that for a minute so let me go back to the ophthalmologist did you go, did you drive yourself there or did someone drive you no, I took an Uber. I didn't tell anyone. Oh, so you I didn't have a lot town. of I didn't have a lot of friends when I lived in because I had moved there. I was only there for exactly one year. All right. So the only friends I had were the people that I worked with. And um most of them were probably working. I don't know. I did have one friend, um, Nick, who I occasionally keep in touch with. Um I called him from the retina specialist because I took an Uber to the ophthalmologist and then an Uber from the op- the ophthalmologist to the retina specialist. And they, they, I mean, I was there all day. Like they closed the office down. It was like five, five thirty, and Nick came and sat and waited for me. And then he like took me out to get like a nice dinner or something. Cause he felt so bad. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Man. <clears throat> Did you know that I had no idea in, about the diabetes and that's related to eye loss? I only knew this because I've met someone last year. She lives in Jersey. She told me the same thing. Um, did you know that like that was possible with type one diabetes? Yes. That was correlated. Oh, you did know. Okay. Yeah. I knew there's a, there's a lot of complications. Like I know that my kidneys could fail. I know that I could lose my like feet and my legs and lose circulation, which I do have neuropathy in my feet and um I do have circulation problems and all that um but I once again just felt like I was invincible so for a long time I just didn't I just thought like oh god wouldn't let that happen to me (laughs) jokes um but then that's another thing it's like it that's 
like I did that to myself. That wasn't God. If anything, he was trying to save me. So mm. there was a lot of life lessons I've learned throughout. I'm still learning, still healing. Yeah. So what did you think? So at 26 now, because that's, uh, I hate to say it, but it is like a, 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 a life changing event, right? Yeah. It could be in your case, it was for the better because you said it saved my life at the time. Uh, were, were you, I don't know. I, I, I've been visually impaired all my life. So I'll, 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 I'll state that. Right. And my, I, what I have is called toxoplasmosis where my retina did not fully develop. So it's kind of like a birth defect. Right. Mm-hmm. So in, in your case, was it, was it like, were you shocked right there, right there at the moment? Like, fuck, can't do this. Can't do this. Can't do this. Need to go get emergency surgery. I got to move back home. Like everything is kind of like thrown at you. And then you're telling me you didn't have much uh, support from friends at the time because everyone was working. You were saying. Yeah. So, well, um, when I, when it all first happened, like my roommate and this other girl that was staying with us, I worked with all of them. They showed up for like what one of them took me to the surgery. Then the both of them came to pick me up from the surgery, but it went, I was in surgery for five hours. I was only supposed to be in it for like an hour and a half. So they said like they waited up the hospital for like five hours. Um, and then they, they were around, my dad was flying in though. So like the girls picked me up. And then as soon as my, as like, they got me home and in bed my dad was there and got me and took he got like an Airbnb for us. And he stayed with me for four days. Um, and then when he went home, when he went home, that's what I lost my shit. So like mm-hmm. in the beginning, my dumbass is like, Oh, I got this. Like I, I can handle this. I'm going to, you know, get the surgery done. I'm going to move home. I'm going to heal from the surgery. I'm going to get one of my bartending jobs back. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to get my shit together and I'm not going to party anymore. I'm just going to, whatever, I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to save my, my left eye. It's not going to go blind. Um, Cause I wanted to still have control, but I was losing control so quickly. I got so sick um, because I also have gastroparesis, which is another thing from diabetes. I have, I had, I still have it nerve damage in my stomach. Um, so I couldn't hold food down. So I'm like throwing up everything. I lost seven pounds in like two days. Like I looked sick and um and I remember calling my dad because I was trying to hold it all together and stay in Florida. And because I didn't want to fail, I didn't want to look like the failure that moved to Florida to get out of the small town. I wanted to prove to a boy that I could do it all. And I don't need this and I don't need that. And he'll come around and see how I got my shit together and he'll fall in love with me again. And it'll be whatever, stupid shit. Um, and I didn't want to be the failure. Right. So I called my dad one day um, after he had left to go back home to the, after the surgery um, I was like, I can't eat anything. I was crying on the phone. I was like, I can't eat anything. I can't hold anything down. I'm dropping weight. I'm freaking out. Um, and he's like, yeah, you're coming home. Like, this is it. I'm done with you. <laughs> like, you're coming home. So he mm-hmm. bought me like a one-way flight. I packed up all my stuff. And then um, two of my girlfriends here drove me down. We did the trip in 20 hours. We drove down, packed up all my shit and drove straight back. Um and then about a month and a half after I moved home is when I lost complete vision in my left eye. And I was awake for that. It just went completely blurred, like completely. I couldn't see anything. Um, just like shadows and shapes, a little bit of colors, lights. And that was it. And I was like, what? I had a real panic attack. 
Um, like we went to the emergency room and when they gave me the vision test, you know, I'm like, I can't, like, I, I literally yelled at the nurse. And I was like, what do you not get about? I can't fucking see anything. You literally and, said that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, one of my friends was with me at the time and so was my mom. And then they were like, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and give you something to calm you down a little bit. <laughs> it was like, the eye doctor said that? Out. No, it was just, I went to the emergency room because it was like a Saturday night. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So they didn't, so they were just like, gave me some, I, I want to say it was like probably Xanax or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And I was no, like, I don't mean, get right, up, fine. But rightfully like, no. so though, you know, like, like who oh, would yeah. fucking freak out? Like, I sh- it's not like a normal fucking thing, you know, like, like you're overreacting with like, well, how the fuck are you supposed to react to this then? Yeah, I was, yeah. And then um, after that is when I like really lost my shit because I just gave up all control. So I was like, that was the point of like learning to let go of everything and just surrender to the process, which was, that's fucking hard to do. Um, and then like, I was, you know, my whole ego is crushed on top of that. Like I, I was the failure and it went so fucking bad. And there's, you know, I'm like, there's no coming back from this one and everyone's going to know about it. And so I got off social media for like three or four months. Um, I got like four surgeries done and, um, I was doing pretty good until I got glaucoma in my left eye and then it spread so quickly and so fast. Like it just, my whole left eye is blacked out now. Like I can't see anything out of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then I had those surgeries and then, then I just kind of started healing as the time, like time went on and surrendering I surrendering I gave up drinking I was a big pot smoker I stopped smoking weed um and I gave up all that for like about a year and a half I was going to therapy like twice a week I was like really doing everything I could to just regain my life back so it was a process it's still a process yeah definitely because it it doesn't sound like it was you know that stuff never ends right it's always like work on ourselves but Definitely kudos to you though, because I've met people. Well, another reason why I started the podcast in this group, because I would join other established groups that were people with disability or visually impaired. And it was so fucking negative. Yes. And I, and, and I really didn't like it. Like, and you know, I'm here trying to like meet people and connect, but then it got to a point. It's like, I don't want to fucking connect with any of these motherfuckers. And I'm sorry yep. if, 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 if I'm being ex- exclusionary here, but these are some negative, negative ass fucking people. And I know we all got problems, but yeah, I, I definitely have to give you props or recognize the gains because it's, it's really not easy. Um, the shit that you went through and you're still going through it. And, and, and I know your, your videos are great, by the way, your commentary are great. Your musics are Thanks. great. You know, they're really awesome. And, but I, I, I can tell already that, that there's struggle, but you know, you, you make it work. Like, what else can you do? Because complaining, I already tried that shit. That shit doesn't fucking do anything. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really big on like not the victim shit is yeah. not for me. Like in the beginning, I feel like I kind of was. <clears> and then I, that's why I pulled myself away from everybody. I stopped going out. I didn't go in public unless I had to go to a doctor's appointment. I yeah. am not even kidding. Like for months um, and, or unless my, one of my friends was taking me to the gym. And um, I stayed away from that's why I got off social media because I am so aware of like 
spreading energy and all that. And if I'm negative, if I'm sad, if I'm depressed, if I have things like that, I'm not trying to spread all of that around to people. And like, yes, I still struggle. Like I am still trying to pull myself out of like a weird depression, overwhelming anxiety thing the past like month or two. Um, and I think people can tell by my TikTok videos because I've been avoiding Q and A's. I've been avoiding like actually me talking to the camera. Um, I haven't really been getting myself involved in a lot of things, just like our podcast that we have. Um, and I've just, I've been avoiding all of it because it's overwhelming for me. And I feel like I'm uh, like for a while, I felt like I was stuck, but like now I'm like, I'm, I'm over this shit. Like, and then I was drinking a lot. I noticed that I was drinking a lot more than I should be. Um, because I use it as like a distraction <laughs> for like trying to do something with my life. And then I was like, this is, this is getting old. Like something's got to give. I'm old. I have bills. Um, I'm ran through my entire savings account, just everything. And I'm like, this is trickling downhill again. And I'm not okay with that. So um, I decided, you know, this past weekend that I was going to kind of like pull away. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think people could tell, but um, I was going to pull away a little bit and try and figure out what's going on with my eyesight now, trying to figure out a part-time job, which is a struggle in itself. And then um, really start reaching out again and fucking talking to people because like, that's what I said I was going to do with my um, platform. And I've been avoiding people because I haven't really been super truthful with everybody either. Like they all think I'm like this positive happy-go-lucky and like it's just not the truth I've just been drinking and hiding from everyone which is super fucking unhealthy and I know better and I am better and um yeah I just I decided I'm just gonna kind of pull away from all of that and start getting back into my motivational side of life it's work yeah. right it's definitely a lot a lot of work yeah you know yeah. it's not easy yeah it's work if anything, it's like, I think, um, I'm so like, I, I, like I say it, like I'm very lonely. I'm weird about the loneliness though, because like, I love living alone and I love being alone, but when you're alone every single day, and here's the thing, like most people are like, I live alone and I'm alone. And I'm like, but you have a job. So you're like working and communicating with humans yeah, all day for the most part. Yeah. Um, or you like go to a place of work. You have a purpose. Like when you wake up, I wake up. And the only thing I get to go do is like go to the gym or like do my podcast. And like, I love, I love those things, but I'm home alone <laughs> a lot, mainly like most of my time. And like, there's not a lot, like at some point that's kind of depressing. So like, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, I was doing really, really well a couple, couple months ago. And I just want to get back into what I was doing and I was helping other people and people were reaching out. And, um, that's what I should be doing because that, that's, I feel like a part of like my story. So it's a great purpose. fucking story. I think it's real as fuck though. Um, someone asked me, would you be role models to kids? Fuck no. Because I, it, because I, because I curse a lot. I admittedly drink too. I like my beers and every now and then I'll say fuck and shit and stick out my middle finger in some of my posts. And, but the difference is I'll, I'll, I'll say what I have to, I'll say what needs to be said, you know, and right. that's just, and that's just the fucking, and then if, if kids are worried about if I'm cursing, 
I bet your kid has fucking Pornhub on his bookmark Safari already. Because, right. <clears throat> you know, it's like nothing to be worried about. But um, going back to you for a moment, I think it's completely normal to be like on this uh, marathon of fucking videos and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes we get burned out from it. You know, it sounds like, you know, I just want to just, you know, retreat for a minute and just, and, and, that, and I'm totally with you on that. And um, the living alone thing uh, or the people interaction, I completely get that because I feel like for a while, maybe you might agree with this. I, I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. Right. But there's some days, like, I feel like I could only give so much energy and then I just want to retreat home, get in yeah. my covers and like watch something or listen to something or like bother my cat. And like, but that's, but it's like, I need like allocated time. Mm-hmm. And, and like you though, like let's say these podcasts, right? Like the, the, for a moment, I took like a hiatus, like months because I got kind of burnt out from it. Like I just didn't want to do them anymore. And, um, and I always try to make it, like very known, like, look, I had my shitty days. I don't feel well today. And there was this post that I put on my, uh, there was a meme where it, it's exactly what we're talking about. It said, every morning when you wake up, say a positive word. And then the meme said, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? me. Sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's completely fucking normal. And then anybody who thinks that Tony Robbins is like, like that all the fucking time, then you're, you're, Obviously, you think porn is like actual, like um, legitimate romantic sex, then. right? You know. Yeah, I like. I don't know. Um, I think for me, like it was, it's a lot. Okay, so everyone wants like I what I see it the most on blind people on TikTok. Follow me, please. Follow me. Follow me. Like my video. Just follow me, and I'm like you think you want that until you like you have to understand what that comes along with like people when I say I ha- I probably have had thousands of dms of people just telling me their story that I never asked for and I think that's amazing that they want to like try and relate with me and and come to me and talk about stuff but like don't ex- first of all you're putting your sob story on me like I now, now I have to do something with that energy you just passed to me. Mm. And on top of that, like, I'm so grateful that people feel like they can come to me because I am a good listener. I do relate. I'm good about motivational stuff. Do not ever expect I am going to come and talk to you about anything. <laughs> I'm, that is not who I am. And, mm. and people really like, they reach out and they're like, I've, I've told you that you could reach out. I've, I've sent you my phone number. I don't fucking know you. Don't think I don't like, and I don't care if this even sounds like mean or rude. I'm grateful for that. And if I feel comfortable, I'll reach out to you and tell you my problems. But people don't understand what, the, how long it fucking took me to tell my therapist shit. I don't really talk about my shit to people. I just, I'm not good about it. I'm bad about it. I try, I do my best, but like, don't think that I'm just going to share personal parts of my life with strangers. I'm not doing that. And, and like I said before, like I'm very self-aware. If my energy is low, I'm not passing that shit along to other people. I'm going to do what I need to do for myself to recharge. And then I'll come back when I'm ready. But like also all the hate comments that I get or the hate DMs, like people don't understand what that shit comes along with. That shit is like, 
And like, like I said, most of the time it doesn't bother me until someone's like accusing me of being like a liar or just telling me like, just I'm like, I'm false information, whatever. And like most of the stuff I don't answer, but like people don't get that. Like it comes like along with a lot of shit and I can't, I can't answer 300 people's DMs. I can't do it. It's a lot. I don't know why people think, and don't get me wrong. I do have a lot of free time, but I do occupy myself a lot. Like I'm, I make myself busy. So like I, and like on the weekends or just in general, like I spend time with my parents. I do have a couple friends in the area that I occasionally see. And then like, I'm doing the podcast. I'm trying to make videos. I'm going to the gym. I don't have like 20 hours in one day to answer 300 DMs. Like you got me fucked up. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, let me, let me follow up on that. Guys or girls are, so who is it? Men or women sending you DMs? Both. And, and they, like, I don't want to, I just like, I don't want to sound like a little like cunt. I don't like, I really do appreciate, I love that people come to me, okay. but I'm just, I'm not an open person like that. I'm not going to tell a stranger my personal feelings or business. I'm very open. I'm an open book. You can ask me anything. Um, but if it comes to a certain, like, I don't know if you've, if anybody's noticed, I don't talk about dating at all on TikTok. I don't talk about my sex life. I don't talk about, um, I very, very rarely put my friends in my videos. I very rarely put my family members in my videos. I'm very private in certain ways. And like, I don't know if people recognize that or not. It's just, I'm protecting them and I'm protecting myself. Got it. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you asking? <laughs> no, know. I'm listening, man. I'm listening, but I, I got you. Um, I think it's, no, I, I think people need to respect that. And, and in social media is such a new fucking, uh, forum that there's really no boundaries, right? Like there's, there's, uh, we were just talking about sugar daddies and sugar babies. And do you want to be a foot model? Like, uh, I don't think boundaries exist. And I really don't know how some of these IG, uh, models do it. Like there's some that I follow admittedly is some are gorgeous, but I kind of wonder, I wonder how many DMs they get and how many bullshit do they get? And how, and how do they really collab with people? Do they really have to sit there, like you were saying, through all that to find maybe, oh, one of these are actually a, a business deal or something? Um, I think for them, they probably have like a social media manager. Probably, yeah. Yeah, depending on how big you are. But I know a lot of people don't have a social media manager that are pretty big. And they probably... It's the same thing with like dating apps. Like the same thing that I always tell all my guy friends. I'm like, you have to understand um, girls on dating apps. Like they get every dude just swipes for the most part. They don't, they hardly care for like nine times out of 10, right? Some guys just swipe on everybody or they DM. But like, you have to remember like this girl probably has 75 people that are trying to message her and she's only probably going to look through the top 10. And so like your message or your match probably is not even going to be seen by her until she, you know, uh, sorts out like the top people that are already there, if she likes them or not, and then she'll move on. And I think that's the same thing with like DMs and stuff. Let me, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know you don't want to talk about dating, but I'm, I'm only curious about dating from a uh, limited vision perspective. Like, you know, that, that's really it. Like, so you got to understand. Oh, I mean, I'll talk about dating, but I yeah. won't. No, no, tell. no. I, I got you. No, one time I had this one guest, by the way. And I think it's kind of like right now as we're talking, I guess she got so comfortable. Then she started telling me about her BDSM 
little thing she does on the side and shit. Like, okay. On the show? Oh, yeah. We were talking about it. And then she's talking, I like to be choked. And I like this and that. Like, all right. Well, is anybody fucking listening? You know, drop, drop, drop a DM in her handle. Um, so there is um in, in Britney's soundbite. And, and I put that soundbite because it's so relevant. And I don't know any other word to use, but invisible disability. So you, you touched on it a little bit. How often do you get accused that, oh, you're not really blind? Or what kind of blind are you? Because you say you're blind, but you're not really blind. What are you doing with the cane? Are you trying to get attention? If you're blind, why do you use a phone? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get all that stuff. Yeah. Do you want, like, are you asking, like, what's that like when it comes to dating? Or, no, no, I, no. I mean, I've dated. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I went blind. No, no, no. I, I, I'm going to touch on that in a minute. But right oh, now, like, okay. what about like that? What about those accusations that people um, think that you're a faker? It happens all the time, especially on social media. But um, even some of my friends joke about it when like we're out. Um, people are so, I guess, ignorant. They don't understand that like, like for my, um, like I grew up in this town. So like, I know distance wise, I know like everything that's going on. Like I know where, where, if I'm in a car, like where we're going, what road we're on, I'm really good about that stuff because I just have a really good like sense of direction and like awareness and all that stuff. Um, I did, there was a girl at a bar one night who said something to one of the guys, like I have, I have so many friends. Well, they're like my party friends, but you know, even the guys, they all heard it. I didn't hear it. But basically some girl said some shit like, oh, she's just using that for attention, talking about my cane. And she's lucky I didn't hear it um, because I'll fight the shit out of someone. I don't give a fuck how old I am. I'll, if you, And the reason I feel that way is because like there are so many blind people that don't have a voice or that aren't strong enough to defend themselves. So like, I'm not even defending me. I'm defending all the other visually impaired people that are too scared to go in public because of bitches like that girl. But like all the boys said something, they were like, nope, she's not the one. She'll fucking till, she'll kill you. Nope. They were all like, <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. They're all like, you're, yeah, they were all like, nope. Um, and I didn't find out until like my friend was driving me home and I was like, take me back, take me back. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I always just tell people, I'm like, I like, I can understand why they think that because they don't know, like they don't, they don't get it. But um, the one thing that is like, uh, that blows my mind is when people are like, well, why don't you just wear glasses? And I'm like, why are you so fucking stupid? <laughs> don't you think <laughs> we yeah. would have already tried that by now yeah. if they worked, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I just, I try and be as nice as I can about it. If people are just rude or accusing me, I'm lying. I usually tell them just to get fucked that if I really wanted attention, I could probably just like twerk my ass on TikTok and probably get like a million followers in one day, but I don't do that. Like, I don't care about the attention. I'm doing this to share my story. You know, like I don't, I just tell people usually just to get fucked. That works out pretty well for me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you tell people go get fucked? I mean, we're talking about casual people like on the street or like friends or? Um, usually TikTok people. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It depends on the comment. Now, people in like a bar or on the street or whatever. No, I'm I'm pretty nice. Um, but they're also not. They're they're. I've never been questioned in an accusing way in person. 
Mm-hmm. Like if anything, I've had people like look at me and be like, wow, how do you work your phone like that? Or can I see your phone? And I'm like, sure. Um, or they'll be like, how much can you see? Cause I can see that you're looking at me and I'm like, yeah. So I explain it. And like, that's fine that it's, but like, I've had people say like, you're just doing this for attention you're not really blind or whatever. That's when I'm going to be like, yo, get fucked. Like, I don't need to listen to this shit. Like you just sound stupid. It just depends on how it's said to me. I think a lot of people think I'm like this really nice human being on TikTok and I'm positive all the time and I am, but I also defend myself and I defend other people. Like I will go to the ends of the fucking world for anybody that's disabled and I will all the way cuss someone out. I just try not to feed into that energy because that's what they want. Yeah. How many fights have you been in? You've been in a lot of fights in school or something? Um... Are, are you are you one of those that's just like loud as fuck and then you hopefully they just back down so I don't want to get into it. Uh now, yes. I've had <laughs> a, a couple people in my past. It's not like it's not cute. It's definitely nothing to brag about, but right. I can get feisty, I get loud, but it usually doesn't get to that like even when like when I was bartending, like I don't let it get to that point cuz I can just end shit real quick. I'll be like just get the fuck out. Like leave. And I'll kick you out. And if you don't leave, I'm, you know, like, I don't, now it's, people don't really, I don't know, honestly, like being blind, like a lot of people don't talk to me unless they're like drunk at a bar and they all of a sudden have the balls to say something. Like most people don't talk to me because I'm blind. They see the cane and they run away, which doesn't always bother me. It did for a while, but now I just kind of joke about it. Like I've walked past. But wait, how did you know people did not want to talk to you because of the cane? Um. So I've been in like restaurants or bars or whatever around here where like some of my older, like my old best friends or like just friends in general that aren't friends with me anymore because I went blind, they stopped talking to me. Okay. Um, they'll be in the same area or the same bar as me. And whoever I'm with will be like, yo, so-and-so is here. And I'm like, yeah, but she won't come say hi to me. And she doesn't, she never does. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of people that are like that. Let me, let me roll off on, on that subject there. Um, did you feel like your friends have changed or you lost friends or gained friends with the whole eyesight journey? I've definitely gained a lot of friends. Okay. Um, I've gained like, you know, TikTok friends and social media friends for sure. Um, and then I lost a shitload of friends. Um, a lot of it was my choice as well, though. I had to back away from a lot of people because they were like party friends or just when I'm with them, I am out of control um and it's not their fault like that's very much just the environment and I know better than to be in that environment Mm -hmm. um and then there's some friends that like now I have to kind of back away from and cut off just because same thing like I just they're talking shit behind my back like I don't know or they're um like when I'm with them like we just get out of control. I never get drunk like that unless I'm with like a certain fucking group of people. And, and I hate that. And like, then I feel guilty about it the next day. And then I'm like, why did I spend all that money? And like, I need to stop hanging out with these people. Uh, but then it's back to the, you know, like I'm bored and lonely at home. And then someone's like, do you want to go out? And I'm like, sure. Cause I'm bored, but I just need, I'm stopping all that. Um, but yeah, like I, I lost, um, I lost two of my very best friends when I, Three, actually. All my best three girlfriends. Um, yeah, they stopped talking to me. Because of because of when the fact that you, 
okay, because you went blind, but 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 these were friends that you went out a lot with, like like socially at the bars and clubs. Yes, um, but also like I've known some of them for years, and it was more than that. Like you know, we did best friendship, whatever girls do together, anything you could think of, like sleepovers, fucking um, going to the gym, going out to eat, like just whatever regular friend stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's I I don't think it's because I went blind that they stopped talking to me. I think it's because they didn't know how to act around me anymore. They were very like it was un it was uncomfortable for them. Okay. Okay. And and in the beginning, um, I was so angry about it and I was so hurt. Um, and like I still miss them. Like I think about it all the time, where I get like memories that show up on my phone from years ago when we were all together doing something, whatever. And it definitely like I see it and it breaks my heart. But at the same time, it's like, well, I don't. Why would I want to be around people that don't want to be around me? And like that's sad. Like it's still me. I'm still the same person um i just can't really see <laughs> so yeah yeah no i, I completely I, I think you hit it right on the nail i don't think it's not so much division i think it's like because now people have to kind of accommodate around you now now it's yeah. not the same you know now yeah. we can't sit in the back of the movie theater now you can't you can't be the designated driver like before who's going to be the dd you know it's like those things have changed now and and, and it's it's really selfish on people yeah. like that it's really what it is is selfish because yes. um yeah because they're really thinking about them and how uncomfortable it makes them like what the fuck like i'm fucking going blind you don't think like you don't think that makes me uncomfortable yeah 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 so, it is selfish yeah. i just i don't know like i went i mean like i went through a lot i feel like this whole podcast i sound like a complete bitch but um I just want to make, like, I do want to make it clear. I just, I mean, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the people that I have in my life. And I'm glad that I went through what I went through because like, it taught me so much shit. Like I don't, those people, especially those girlfriends, they have a lot of like, I mean, that that's their own problem. That's a lot of shit that they have to work on themselves. That's internal shit. Um, because like, if that makes you uncomfortable or you're mad because I can't go sit at a bar with you and get fucked up, like, that's sad, dude. That's not my problem. That's theirs. And like, I, it took me a lot of like growth to understand all that shit. Like it took a lot of like just self-awareness in general. And don't get me wrong. Like I was, I was definitely one of them. I, it's not like I was any better. I wasn't better than any of them. That's exactly who the fuck I was, but I didn't want to be that person anymore. And they showed me like when I went blind and I stepped back from everybody and stepped back from my life, the shit that I saw from like the outside, um, it really showed me who the fuck I was as a human. And I was like, holy shit, I'm, I am just as much of a piece of shit as all these people. Like I literally, am, I was like, I hate, I hated who I was. Like looking at that, I'm like, God, like why would I ever want to be friends with someone like that? And so I wanted to change for myself. Cause I know that like, I, that's not who I am on the inside. Like I know that I can be better and I am better and I don't want to be that. Like, and at some point, like it's, you're like, I'm too old to be doing that shit. You know? No, I hear you. So do you feel like the person, that person, the old Kate was attracting all that bullshit? Because right, right. Would you, cause I, cause I made a post a few days ago it was like a reality check, you know, like if, if you feel like you're annoyed by all these, all these people that you're talking shit about, 
Mm-hmm. What, what got them there in the beginning? Because they didn't yep. get there by themselves. Right. You're attracting it. Yeah. You attract yeah. what you are, not what you want. People don't get that. Yeah. So I was like in love with this dude. He lived in Florida. I've never fucking talked about this ever. Um, and I've known him my whole life. We grew up together and he is so narcissistic and toxic, but I was the exact fucking same to him. And like, even like the friends and all that shit, like I said, like I was just as much as like a heavy drinker, not giving a fuck, just doing crazy shit. Like I was, I was them. I was like, I can't even be like, I'm not even mad at them anymore because after I did all that, like healing and growth and like self work and all that shit, like I was like, wow, that's exactly who I attracted all that shit in my life. But like now I've noticed that like I attract, I attract everybody, like all kinds of people. I just know where to cut it off when it needs to be cut off now. If that makes sense. Yes. I don't mean like I attract everybody, like everyone just flocks to me, but I attract all different kinds of people because I'm super open-minded and I'm, I'm not judgmental. I'm not, it sounds like I am though, this whole podcast. Um, like you could just come up to me, you know, and be like, Hey, I, um, I cheated on my husband and it was with a girl. Like we're just putting a whole fucking story. I'd be like, okay, well, let's figure out what we're going to do to fix this. Like that what's done is done. Let's move on. And like, that's just who I am now. So like I said, like, I'm, I'm grateful that people want to come to me and tell me things, but I know when to cut somebody off. Like if I see red flags, like when it comes to like dating, if I see one red flag, you're out like that quickly, I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to be like, Oh, but he's going to change for me. Like I used to No, absolutely (laughs) not. I don't have time for that. So yeah. Let me, let me, so two follow-ups, right? Because uh, I'm going to ask you about dating for a moment. The guy that you were talking about in Florida, like, when did you realize, like, you know, this is not, th- th- he's never going to change. He's never going to just be what I want him to be. Like, um, did you find out after the, you know, the, the diagnosis or was this maybe before? Um, I realized that I don't want to be with him probably back in January. <laughs> oh, in January this year. Uh, yeah, but I didn't talk. I haven't talked to him in, since I went blind. Oh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that is. And I, and I love the subject of dating. Um, and I'll tell you a funny story about me in a moment because by nature, I'm a nice guy. I am like the nice guy where the girls would pass up nice guy. That's, that's who the fuck I am. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't until uh, someone taught me, you know, be a little bit of a jerk, be a little bit of an asshole, be a little bit this and that. And sure enough, uh, it's some of it works. It's like a trigger. Think of it as just a trigger. That's all it is. Just a trigger. And, and, and your story, uh, about the, I can't even tell you how many girls I meet. They all, I think every girl has at least two narcissist ex-boyfriends. Like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like, they're there. And then, and then they tell me it was just so hard to get over him. I don't understand, but he was so toxic. And this, I don't know. He just was, he just had this, this hook on me. 
And they were just, but that's the thing. They were just as narcissistic as he was. You can't probably, manipulate people yeah. into feeling like they need you or want you in certain moments of their life. And then when they fuck you over and you cry about it, you can only do that so many fucking times to keep playing the fucking victim because you're right. allowing it. And that's me, what I did. Okay. So you're like, fuck this shit. Yeah. After um, I, I'm just curious. Wait, wait, I'm just curious. Was I mean, he? I can, go ahead. No, no, no. So I'm just curious. And this is up to you if you want to answer this, but I'm just curious. What was he talking to other girls? Knowing oh, ab- that you absolutely that, that you absolutely. wanted. Okay. So that's yeah. So it's like all about self-interest. We and weren't dating. To yeah. like be clear, we were not dating. Okay. We were like a secret thing. Um we just like when I wanted to escape reality here, I would go drive down and like crash with him for a night or two. And then I would just come back home. And then we, that went on for a couple of years. And, um, but we did the games, you know, like we would drunk call each other sometimes or drunk FaceTime each other. Um, and then he would put on his Snapchat, some, some girl that was at his place one night. So I would do the same thing with guys that I was with. And we definitely were absolutely not dating and we were definitely hooking up with other people. But like the way I was, like I was hooking up with other people because I, um, I wanted to make him jealous and see like, if it would make him, and he would sometimes like, he would do that thing where he would blow up my phone to try and like cock block me or whatever, but it was never said. That was like the thing with us. We never spoke about shit. We didn't have to. Our whole thing. And like I said, I've never talked about this, but, um, (laughs) well, I really appreciate it, but (laughs) it's crazy um so like I said I grew up with him but I reconnected with him when I was um I think 23 and um that was like that was it for me I had never in my life felt like a connection like that with anybody and the thing is is like I know it makes me sound fucking crazy but I know that he felt it too because energy one doesn't lie and two not only was he entertaining it he started all of it and Um, as soon as I moved home and I went blind, um, I finally let him have it because I was latching out on everyone and everything when I went blind because I was losing my shit. And um, he didn't handle it very well. And then he started seeing this girl and he was trying to post her on Snapchat to make me jealous. And then um, he reached out to me one, one day and was like, I don't know what to do. I'm drinking too much. I have this thing going on, whatever. And we talked about it because we were fine after, you know, I lashed out and whatever. And I apologized. And he's like, it's all good, whatever. I gave him a little bit of advice. And then that same night, the girl took his phone and Snapchatted herself on his story or something. So I blocked him at that point. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Why can you not talk about serious problems with this girl that you're with, but you can only talk about serious stuff with me. So I blocked him. Um, Meanwhile, the whole time that shit was going on between him and I, his mom would call me all the time. And we would talk for about an hour or so. Moms know shit. And like, it was never, like I said, we didn't talk about shit. She never asked me questions, nothing. She would just call and check up. And then as soon as he got serious with this girl, um, she stopped calling me, but she, um, she called my mom about a year ago. Um, so what I didn't know is that he bought this big, he has his own company now. So he bought this big house. He got a nice car, the whole fucking thing. And he moves the girl in around quarantine or something. The first 
like so like a year ago and um they I think already had a rocky relationship because it was like the egotistical relationship she's like this cute little South Florida girl and he has money and whatever um and he was all about his fucking ego and um when I said his mom called my mom and told my mom everything and so he doesn't even know I know about this girl like he's never posted her on social media at, at like ever as soon as he started dating her, he stopped fucking posting a bunch of shit on social media, but she posts him all the fucking time. And, uh, cause I'm a creep obviously. And then, um, <laughs> after I found out about everything, it was like a week or two later. Um, he, they broke up and she moved out and he was on my fucking watching all my Instagram stories religiously until they made up and got back together he never said anything to me and I'm like I know I'm not fucking crazy I know this motherfucker still is like fucked up over me I know he is and so every time they would break up or go through a breakup stage he watches all my shit on Instagram and that's how I know that they're not together and then when they're together he stops watching my shit so they've been playing the breakup get back together game a couple times for the past year or so and every time they're broken up he's on my shit creeping on all my shit Sounds like a. Um, it's fucking codependent and toxic as fuck, and it's so unattractive. It's so unattractive. I just don't like. For me, like, why can't you just express your feelings? Why can't you just live your fucking truth? Why can't you just like? Why do you need toxic fucking shit in your life? And like, that's how I know because the shit that they're doing back and forth, like, I don't fucking know about it. Um, like, I can just tell that he's still attracting he's he hasn't he hasn't healed because of what the fuck is going on between them and i think that's ridiculous also she's like really young and he's not he's not yeah i mean i think he's like maybe 31 32 and the girl is like 22 or 23 so i don't know it's very egotistical i don't care i really it hurt when i first found out so like that's why it took me so fucking long to heal because I always thought that he would come back um and like that confirms that I'm not fucking nuts because he's on my shit as soon as they break up you know um but I don't want I don't want him I don't want anything to do with that shit I'm just fucking glad it wasn't me like I'm glad it was her and not me got it well hopefully you don't have to but it sounds like you're you're still looking at. Are you still following her? I'm just curious. I don't follow her at all. Okay, so so you're just not a, not not interested in in. I don't. Knowing I what's literally up. don't give a shit. Got it. Anymore, I did like last year because he would watch my stuff and I'd be like, "Oh, this is it. This is when he's gonna come back and whatever." And like now, I just don't care. I, I it's exhausting thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I just yeah. don't want that life. Let me let me touch on a topic of dating for a moment now. Brittany said that I remember she had an interesting thing where some guys would reach out to her because they had, I don't, I don't remember the name of this term was uh, that they like women who are disabled. They think there's something fetishy about that. Um, So what's, what's, so what's going on? So what's the perspective of, of a young lady like you and Brittany on Tinder or Grindr? I don't know where everyone's at these days. And like trying to meet someone, ha- have them pick you up and you busting out the cane or not. So, so what's the score here? 
I, um, I was on hinge for a little bit and I, it's too much to keep up with. I fucking hate dating apps. They're just, it's exhausting. I also really do believe in like fate. I know a lot of people don't, but like, I very much do like whatever sequence of like events have led up to whatever for you to meet somebody. I really believe in that. Um, but I have, I've gone out with a couple guys. Um, some guys loved it. They thought it was like the coolest thing that I had to like hold on to their arm and they were the hero. And I'm like, Oh God, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, it's, it's like cute though, that they like that. Like, I think it's cute and it's fair. Um, but then again, it's like, why do you need that kind of attention? You're not the hero. Like, I don't need a guy like, no. Um, I have had guys definitely want to just like hook up because they want to know what it's like hooking up with a blind girl. I'm like probably the same thing as hooking up with me before I went blind. So um, <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. whatever. It has given me a lot more confidence though. I will say that. Um, it, say that part again. It's given me a lot more confidence, like not being able to see. Why? uh like dating wise just because um i don't have to watch people's reactions i can just be myself and oh, go off the energy and the vibe and then if people if something like especially when it comes to like sleeping with people like if i do or say something or whatever and it freaks them out like i know you don't even have to like look at like i just know and i'll be like okay that went a little too far for them got it um i don't know but like i'm not scared to do it i'm not scared to just be what like do what I like and say what I like and I don't know I haven't really met anyone I guess that I have like this super strong connection with though I don't know I'm very big on like effort and consistency um I was self-sabotaging a lot of fucking probably really good like relationship not they're not relationships whatever like talking stages whatever Mm -hmm. um because I was always hoping homeboy would come back because I'm an idiot and then I finally stopped doing that um like right around like January that was like the last dude that I was talking to I purposely self-sabotaged that one and then after that I think there's only been like maybe two guys that I've talked to one guy I still talk to, um, and he seems genuine. I don't know. He doesn't live anywhere near me. He lives in New York. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow, I guess. A lot of people, if it doesn't, like people know that I'm fucking blind. That's another thing. Like I've said it to the last guy that I was talking to, um, like a month or two ago. Um, he, we, I went out with him a couple times and, um, he was really good about, he didn't care about any of it. He was really good about it. And I warned him out. Like, I always warn people. I'm like, you do realize I'm blind. And like, I have a cane and people are going to stare at you when we're in public. And he goes, okay, I wish I cared what people thought of me. And I was like, okay, perfect. As long as you know. And he's like, also like, I went to high school with this kid, but he also was like, yeah, I follow you on social media. I very much know you're blind. We all know you're blind. And I'm like, okay, Hmm. whatever. So what? I make it, I've, I've been blocked though before when people found out I was like blind on fucking dating apps and shit. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't care. Okay. Wait, two questions. What's considered a sabotage? So you're like talking, talking, talking. And then you said you would do the sabotage. Like what's, what is that? You just stop texting them or talking to them? No, I've done that before, but like 
I start thinking that they're like a fuck boy or they have like malicious intentions and then I ruin it. And I'm like, what do you even want out of this? Or like, you just want to fuck me and I'll just say stupid shit because then I know that they'll be like, whoa, you're crazy. I'm not talking to you again. And um, I was really, I'm so good at that. Um, But then I like learned, like, just don't even, like, it's all about going with the flow. And now I don't even bring up that type of stuff. If anything, I'm like very calm. Like, I need to take my time, especially with this guy that I'm like kind of talking to now. Like, I just, I'm like, I need... I need time. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to, whatever, you know, I'm like, let's just go with the flow. I like the way things are flowing as of now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I just, now I just don't bring it up. I don't bring up relationships. I don't bring up anything because in the end, a lot of the guys that I did self-sabotage with, they're not good guys. Like they're just not, I knew that too. They, the red flags were fucking everywhere. And so like the easiest way for me to self-sabotage is either like not ghost, but like, just kind of not respond or to be like, you know, you're a fuck boy. You just want to fuck me. I deserve more than that. Blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, you're a psycho. I'm done talking to you. And I'd be like, okay, bye. That type of self-sabotage. What, what, uh, so what boxes do they check that you uh, kind of get that they're a fuck boy or what flags are you looking at? Um, there's, there's so many. Um, let's see. Top, top if three. They don't wanna, <laughs> okay. If they don't want to like hang out with you or be seen with you in public or mm. outside of just sex in general. Um, if they, here's the thing that like a lot of girls need to understand every guy, when you first meet them or you first like are interested in them or they're interested in you, they all say the same thing. I'm not really looking for anything serious. I'm not looking for a relationship. They all fucking say that shit. Everyone says that they change according to if they like you enough to change you know if if they want to fucking have you they will do anything to have you they don't they'll make it happen um and a lot of guys like to take their time with that type of shit like they want to see if the vibe is cool they want to see if they actually like hanging out with you whatever so I look for that like if they want to hang out with me if they actually put in effort to speak to me or talk to me throughout the day um because if you just you want to come over or you want me to come over at 10 PM and then you don't talk to me for four days and then you're drunk one night and you're like, Hey, come over. That's a fucking red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's like, why are people allowing that? Like, I don't allow that shit anymore. Um, what else is a red flag? If they, I don't like if, if they're not emotionally available, like if they're not open to share anything with you, like, they just kind of want to, like, go get drinks with you and, like, hopefully, you know, get laid. Like, that's a thing. Like, I like to know who I'm dealing with. But I also understand, like, not opening up in the beginning, but at the same time, like, effort. Like, you have to speak to me so we can get to know each other. Um, so communication is kind of big. And then how they, um, how they act around different people or sober versus drunk I very much pay attention to that shit so if they're like not the same human or if they start acting out of character because they're around certain people or if they're drinking then I'm like yeah no you're a red flag you gotta go um being that you're a little younger than me do you 
because I feel like when you were went live with your friend, and I think I was the one that said, um, is this the B is this the BDSM live or am I in the wrong chat room or something? Remember that? Yeah. Okay. What was I talking about though? I, I don't fucking know. You were talking about a lot of shit. But but um one of the questions I asked in that was beta males or alpha males. And the reason why I asked that is because um I'm noticing that maybe maybe your generation and younger i feel like they gotten like more beta to me and maybe it could be because of the internet everything everyone's dming so let me let me give you a quick background when uh when i was in miami right uh you were mentioning the the whole cars and stuff i didn't start dating until like my mid-20s and i was really insecure uh with my vision because i grew up in the hood in miami right uh, even if you were on EBT on section eight, you had a car. So I couldn't pick up a girl or anything. So I was, I didn't even go to prom or any, or any of that. So I was just really insecure. I actually took a, so some, somewhere there in my like lowest of lows and my mom would, my mom would like, uh, really be concerned about me because I was really emotionally distraught. So somewhere in there, I found, uh, um, a, a dating course on how to meet women. So I actually bought this fucking course and it was a boot camp and I went there and it was on Miami beach and just, and, and there was this guy just talking how to pick up women. That's literally, literally yeah. what it was. It, that's yeah. what it was. And then, and then we had to go out every night sober and approach groups or women, whatever. And then pra- to practice this a lot. And by the way, all these guys who did this back then, they're out of work. And the reason why they're out of work, because they don't, because guys now don't really approach, you know, they're mostly DM and stuff. And you kind of hinted that a little bit. Right. And um, by the way, I've gotten more rejections for the next three lifetimes. I got everything. And because I was so determined to kind of like work on this, I actually took fucking a bus from my place where I was living at to like in front of like Miami Beach, like the Delano or the W. And like, so I'm competing against these guys who have the Ferraris and the Corvettes. I'm competing. Yep. And what I, first of all, I noticed the, a few things that I've noticed. A, all these fucking women, all these fucking bitches are crazy. They're all fucking crazy. I thought they were just something, but they're just fucking crazy. And then second, you know, the disability wasn't that bad because I've met other things. And then third, it was as long as, um, you know, I had, I wasn't creepy and I wasn't weird. As long right. as I had good hygiene and I was able to, to, to uh, add value or conversation, things kind of worked out a little bit better, right? And so when I was living in Charlotte, uh, there was uh, another guy who did this kind of like the same program, but from a different guru or whatever you want to call it. So we got a, an apartment together in Uptown Charlotte just so that we can go out to all the bars and clubs and then take women back home. That's really what, what the game was back, back in the day. So, and... And I, I'm open about it because uh, I noticed that that type of approach now for, you know, men going up to a woman, starting a conversation, and it, it doesn't really happen anymore. So, and now I'm hearing from, I was hearing, I was talking to someone else that uh, she's like a visually impaired streamer on Twitch. And she, she's 21, 22. She was saying, I, 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 I talked to all these guys. I'm texting, texting. And by the time I meet them in person, they're shy and they don't know what to do. And it's like, I really feel like, uh, I feel like men, in my opinion, 
have kind of reversed into like this beta, like kind of shy. You don't know how to, they don't know how to fucking be normal in, in, in social settings. And I have yeah. a baby brother that's 18 and I feel like he's, he has like social anxiety. He like, he doesn't under, he doesn't know how to talk to strangers. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with obviously like the dating apps and social media and stuff. I don't know. I have like a lot of friends that I surround myself with like outgoing people for the most part. I do. I have, and that's the thing Like people don't think this about me because I'm, I'm me and I'm like, what's up? Yeah. And I'm loud and I'm whatever. Um, and I'll tell people like how it is or put them in their place. Um, but a nice guy will make my fucking, like, it'll make my heart melt. I'm like, you're really nice. Also calm guys are fucking attractive as shit. But like, I also understand, you know, like you, you gotta be able to hold a conversation though with me. You can't be like awkward or shy. I can be around pretty much anyone. Like I was a bartender and a server. I've served all, like I've met so many different kinds of people. Also, I can talk to a fucking brick wall. I mean, let's be real. Um, but <laughs> like, if you're it, like, I can literally hold a conversation when it gets to that point where they're not saying much. If they're nervous or shy, like I will ask questions to make them feel comfortable to talk a little more. And then they'll ask me questions. And it's like the game of questions. People always love talking about themselves. So ask, ask questions about the person you're with like ask them questions. I don't know. I just, for me, like, I feel like now because I've done a lot of peeling and I don't like what I used to like, especially when it comes to like dating and men. Um, I, I would prefer someone that's calm, like definitely outgoing, but like calm and nice. Like if you're not nice to me, you're out like that quickly that I don't want to play the games. I don't want to, no, no, no. No, that's not for me. But see, the the what I get right from uh, talking with you, right? Like every girl, let's be real. Every fucking girl is gonna say, "I want a nice guy." Like, I mean, that's like it's almost like a default thing that 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 comes out, you know? Like, do you want fries with it? Yeah, of course, I want fucking fries with it. But like, I feel like it's two different things, though. It's like, all right, I want a nice guy, but then I do feel that um, maybe you maybe you might agree or not agree with me can he be too nice? Because you're definitely very alpha. Um, I like a guy that puts up boundaries. Like if you hold me, like you have to tell me that there's a boundary between like whatever it is that you want a boundary up, but like, don't let me get away with it. Don't let me walk all over you. That's the yeah. difference. See, people are mistaking a nice, genuine guy for someone that you can like walk all over or you can do whatever you want and they're going to be there for you um you could literally cheat on them and they're like it's okay and like forget like no 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 no, no. like there needs to be boundaries and I think that's what separates a douchebag or like a fuck boy than from like a nice genuine guy that holds himself to a certain fucking standard because like I I know how I am. Like, I don't want to be controlled. I don't need to be controlled. I don't, also don't need anybody. I've been single for five years. Um, but I also want a guy that's like, oh, I don't like when you did this. Um, it makes me feel this type of way. I asked you not to do that. And like, now I'm putting up the boundary. And that, that happened to me 
I would say like a month or so ago. And I was like, holy fuck, that was the most attractive fucking text I've ever gotten because he fucking <laughs> was so calm about it. Right. He was respectful, but he fucking held me to a standard and was like, you're not going to do that again. And I was like, holy shit, like, come fuck me right now. Like, it was so attractive because like, that's not, I usually just get like fuckboy responses or they just play the games back or whatever it is, you know? And he fucking held a boundary to me, but he was nice about it. And he was calm. He didn't flip the fuck out. And I apologized. And I was like, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You did ask me not to say this, this, and this. And then he was just like, no, we're all good. I just, you know, want to make it clear for next time. And I was like, fuck yeah. Mm. That's like the way to handle shit. That's mature shit. You're a nice guy. You're calm, but you also set boundaries and you you fucking stick to the boundaries you don't let people walk all over you got it yeah well that's what's up so i'm gonna wrap up with a few questions because i know you gotta go and but i really appreciate your time today though okay well i appreciate you having me on i feel special Let's, I'm going to ask uh, three or four different questions. And I ask this to every guest and because I'm always curious to know um, what people are interested in, because I, obviously we are already have a lot of things in common. And one of them is the, the visually impaired, but I also want to know what else, you know, do you have in common? Like, would we ever go to a Marilyn Manson concert? Would we ever, um, I don't know, piting content, contest. I don't know what you're into. So Let's start with what's you have any favorite movies you like to watch on repeat? You recommend? Uh, um, I probably on, never. On I probably never get tired of Forrest Gump. Oh, I hate Jenny. I hate that woman so much. Oh, uh, we all do. We I all fucking do. hate her. I remember Family Guy made fun of her, and it was like Forrest, I'm pregnant. And then the Family Guy version. All right, Jenny, I'll take care of you and the AIDS baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but that's a great movie. Yeah, no, for sure. That's definitely uh, a, a great, great fucking movie. Um, all right, Forrest Gump. What about do you have a favorite album, genre, music, or anything that's on repeat lately on your phone that you like to jam out to? Um, I'm a big fan of Lauren Hill, Ariana Grande. Um, I don't think those are my probably like my go-tos if I can't think of anything else to listen to. I yesterday when I was hanging out with my friend, he was saying Ariana Grande is really big in the gay community. Like he she is. Like I had no idea. Like I didn't really give know that people gave a fuck about her like that. I don't know. I I, I went to one of her concerts. What like the last concert she had before. Um covid i mean i'm like i'm a big like you know i like the r&b the hip-hop but i also like i don't know like slower music i like all that type of shit but i also like like the top shit all that type of stuff uh a friend a friend would would call people a pop tart you're a pop tart people who like pop music oh okay (laughs) that's fair Call him Pop Tart. I, I I'm a big uh, pop fan as well. Um, when I was growing up here in Miami, it was basically really hoodish. So I was like in the closet, like soft rock '80s because that's what I grew up like. Elton John and Billy Joel 
and mm-hmm. journey and then but I couldn't listen to that like publicly where, where I was going to school so yeah I guess I'll listen to like B.I.G. and then Tupac and then Jay-Z mm-hmm. and uh it was let me see um I'm trying to remember all these uh, I, I guess R. Kelly was the thing back then yeah and I was talking about it with Britney too it's like you know these fucking songs now I can't really vibe out to these songs anymore like like there's one song we were talking about was uh, keep it on the down low. It's like, what the fuck was he saying? Like, and, and I'm thinking, man, he was probably saying like, obviously all that shit. And, um, but yeah, I feel like I'm kind of stuck in like the millennium, maybe in the nineties, eighties. And it was yeah. so crazy because I like rock music and I was talking about it with a coworker that like, I'm not crazy about the rap music now, but I think it has really evolved. And um, BBC, BBC Radio One is where I listen to a lot of my music. They have a lot of great house musics and new music. And they have a rock section every Sunday, right? And then supposedly they have new music, quote unquote, new music. And I feel like rock has not progressed since 2010 because that quote unquote new new music sounds like the shit like Good Charlotte or Green Day. It's just yeah. sound just like that. Yeah. Like that was a, I went through that phase. My chemical romance and Fallout Boy and Blink 182. So you, you were there in Hot Topic. Hold up. I got to go to Hot Topic right quick. So what they got. <laughs> I, uh, no, I wasn't like that. I, I went to like the Fallout Boy concert, but I didn't like dress like that. Got it. I just went through like a big phase. I think I was in like maybe like eighth grade, ninth grade is when I went through that phase. And then I was like, all right, I'm back to, I don't know. Ever leaving? Yeah, I was, I was a fan for a little bit um her what's the other one that evanescence was big for me um i remember when ashley simpson was a fucking thing oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's right yep yep yeah i like that like type of shit it's more fucking pop though i swear it's not okay yeah that's what's up rock yeah um lastly are there do you have any favorite books or any books that you like to read or recommend um the one why can I never remember the name of it? Um, I want to keep calling it The Cabin in the Woods, but that's some like scary movie on Netflix or something. By it's... John Gordon? Maybe. I don't know. It's about this guy that goes <laughs> to a cabin and he slips and and busts his ass and he's really in like a coma for a couple of days. Oh, but no, he meets no, no. God and God is actually a woman and he learns like forgiveness and all this shit that's happened because his daughter, because of, he blames himself, but like basically the story is they have kids and they're on like a family camping trip and the daughter um, gets kidnapped and goes missing while he like jumps in to save his other kid because it was in the water or whatever. And then he lives with that guilt. And so when he goes into this like coma, um he goes to this cabin and um he meets god there and she's a woman and they go through this whole fucking thing and it's crazy it's i listen i listened to it it was an audiobook but it's it's a regular book i don't remember the name of it if people it's it's a pretty big well-known book so if people listen to this they'll know what what i'm talking about um but that's what that's what got me through probably that first little chunk of my depression i listened to that because i had to learn to forgive myself and the people around me and understand that like my life is my problem and it's it's all about forgiveness and evolving and all that stuff so it was it's a good book yeah i'm i'm 
trying to look for it, but I keep getting the the scary movie. I'm going to have to like, it's going to come to me in like three hours and I'm going to message you and be like, this is the name of the book. I don't yeah. Remember it. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be at three in the morning. What the fuck? Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Something like that. That's exactly All right, what's cool. going to happen. Yeah. Let me know. Cause I, I'm curious because I'm always looking for new things to read. Okay. Uh, nice. And lastly, so if, you know, um, I know you like people DMing you stuff and if they want to, where, where can they find you? um oh my god okay uh tiktok is just caitlin wackerman and then um my instagram is kate wack and it's k-a-t-e-w-a-c-k it was katie wackerman handle on tiktok it's caitlin k-a-t-e-l-y-n okay a lot of people do call me katie though but my my handle on tiktok is caitlin wackerman I'm just curious, I feel like though. if you just type in Wackerman, I'm probably the only one that shows up on TikTok. <laughs> you you did. No, for real though, because I misspelled Katie, but I once I put Wackerman, your shit just came up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep, what's that's up. Me. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. Um, don't hang up just yet, but okay. I really appreciate you for being on though and spending well, time. Thanks with for me having me. I had fun. All right. Well, everyone, if uh, you guys want to hit up uh, Ms. Ms. Caitlin Wackerman, Wackerman. Uh, you know where to find her. She's on social media. All right. Well, I'll see you guys soon. Peace. Hey fam. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Definitely appreciate it that you've uh, listened through it all the way to this point that you're hearing me now for the outro. So thank you so much. Um, also, if you, if you guys could do me a huge favor, which it would be much appreciated, um, if you guys can drop a like or a review on what you guys think of the podcast, what can be better, uh, you know, would you recommend it to someone that would definitely help because the more feedback I get about the podcast, the better it can be to get this out there, right. To every, to people who really want to hear all these amazing stories and people. So thank you again. Please leave a like and review much appreciated. Share the love definitely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so for Miami, Florida, hope you guys have a great week and thank you again. Peace.